Someone wrote in to me and they said, my church is falling apart and it's devastating to me. And then the individual went on to explain what is going on in their church. And because of the questions that the individual was asking and the things that they talked about, I thought this would be an excellent podcast for me to interact with because it will bless several other people as well. It will encourage people. Let me set the table for you so that you understand why I'm doing this podcast and how I do podcasts like this. Someone wrote in asking for help about their church that is falling apart. I do not know this person. I have no idea who this person is. I do not know their pastor. I do not know their local church. I have no idea where their local church is. I don't know what kind of church it is, Baptist, Presbyterian, Charismatic, etc. During this podcast, I am not going to identify this person as male or female. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to enter, interact with the questions that the individual asks me. This will be similar to the Corinthian letter, and what I mean by that, I'm sharing what the person is asking, and I will provide input and, and hope that I hope will, will serve, but I'm not going to identify the letter. I'm not going to identify the individual. I want to keep it anonymous because what we what I hope that you'll hear in this podcast is some helpful information as you think about your local church, or if you know somebody who is struggling with their local church, I trust that this podcast, and I have some embedded articles in here as well, and I hope that the podcast, along with these articles, will be very beneficial for you or somebody that you are help on, helping. Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast. I am Rick Thomas, and you can find it, what I'm going to share with you on our website, rickthomas.net. It is under our podcast link. Always go to the navigation bar at the top of our website. It says About, Receive Help, Resources, Give or Join, Members, and Log In or Log Out. That is the navigation bar, and that is where you can find all the drop-downs that will take you to all the information that is on our website. And so if you go under the Resources link in the nav, the navigation bar, you will see a drop-down that, said, that says podcast, and it will take you to our Life Over Coffee podcast, and you will find all 220 of them on one page, and you can scroll through them, 220 as of this episode, and this is episode 220, and you'll see the title beside it. It says, My Church is Falling Apart, and it's Devastating to Me, and you can read everything that I'm going to share with you in this podcast. Plus, there are several links here, and if you're going through a difficult church situation, then you may want to read some of the other supplemental material that I have embedded here. And again, if you're helping somebody, uh, it will be important for them to read this material also. We have uh, public and, and private forums, and so if you want to 
uh, talk to us, talk to our team. Our team is ready and willing and able to talk to you, and they will be glad to discuss this topic or any other topic that you may have. And so you can go to our free forums. If you're not a supporting member, if you are a supporting member, you can go to our private forums, which is under the Members tab, and you can ask your question there. And I do want you to know that your privacy is important to us, and that's why in this podcast I'm I'm not identifying the person or anything about uh, their, their local church, and even if they are male or female. All right, episode 220, my church is falling apart, and it's devastating to me. I have several points that I want to make. I'm going to scroll through these show notes, and I'll let you know how many. There is one, and two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I have nine things that I want to share with you about a church that's falling apart and the devastation that it's causing to your soul. The first thing, and maybe the most critical thing, always start problem solving at this point. And here's the point. No matter what your problem is, you always want to begin with the goodness of God. Always. You're in the starting blocks. You're heading into a problem. And it doesn't matter what it is. It can be a church situation like this here. It could be a marriage problem, parenting problems, or any other type of problem. It doesn't matter. This is an absolute universal truth that applies to all problems regardless of what they are. You always begin with the goodness of God. Your starting point will determine your ending point. And if you start at the wrong point, It's not going to end well for you. And so start all problem solving here. Here means the goodness of God because the Lord is in all of our messes, including local church problems. And if you don't start with the Lord's goodness, you will be in deep and entangling weeds Quickly, repeat after me, the Lord is good and he is working good in this problem because when you write into me and you say, my church is falling apart and it's devastating to me, I understand all of that sentence. And to be honest with you, I have experienced every syllable of that sentence, but you can't stay there. You cannot stay there forever. And so you must make sure. Now, don't quickly sign off on this and say, yes, I know God is good and God is great. Who do we appreciate? And all of that stuff. No, this is not cheerleading here. This has to be functionally and practically applicable to you where you are right now. If you're not at this place, it would be like driving on the interstate with your eyes closed God leads us in paths of right living, as we hear in Psalm 23.3. And why does he do this? For his name's sake, God's got this. The Lord works good from bad things, which is the only way that he can work. Think about that for a moment. If no bad things would were, were happening, there would not be a need for him to do anything good. Let me give you an example. There'd be no need for a gospel if there was no evil. Let me restate my first sentence again. The Lord works good from bad things, which is the only way that he can work. Let the gospel inform you about the failures of your local church. 
God has something good for you and for them. That's your starting point. You got it. All right, let's get into some other practical matters. The second thing is kind begets kind. Now, what I mean about that is that some people can believe that when a church splits, the one that they stick with is the right one. That's just not true. There is always enough sin to spread around to all of those that are involved. Kind begets kind. If a church splits and begets another church, it doesn't matter how it happened. Another church formed from a previous church. Kind will beget kind. There will be some version of the new church in the former church. It's like a divorce. One spouse can think they are innocent of all wrongs. It's not true. It has never been true in the history of humanity. Only a blind person would believe such a thing, that there can be an innocent spouse. Oh, sure, they may be the weight of sin more on the other side of the scale, but nobody is squeaky clean in a divorce. And when there is a church split, neither church is squeaky clean. And where this applies to that splitting church is that the splitting church, the new church that is forming, they will bring habits, mannerisms, beliefs, policies, by the way, and people, and practices, and theology into how they do the new church. And there will be some of the same problems that they had in the old church, or there will be different problems in the new church. I think sometimes we set us, I'm not saying you're doing this, but I, I think sometimes we can set ourselves up for disappointment. People will do that with divorce. They get a divorce and they will talk about how awful the, the, the spouse was and how awful the marriage was, and, and they're going to start over again, and then they get married, and it's as though they're not going to have problems with their new marriage. Well, no, they will have very similar problems that they had with the old marriage. It's like our former manner of life in Ephesians 4:2. You remember what Paul uh, 4:22 rather. You remember what Paul said, we have a former manner of life. Just because we got born again, we have a new life. It doesn't mean the old life is just going to like stop at the door and not come into the new life. No, we have a former manner of life. This new church will bring old habits into their new experience. Now, I am not saying that it is wrong to split, but you must employ wisdom because all things will not go well in those greener pastures. Point number two, kind begets kind. So we're not surprised here that there are problems in this new church. Number three, I want to talk about the unlistening pastor because that's one of the things that the individual talked about. I have a pastor that, that will not listen. Now, if a pastor doesn't listen to, to one person, maybe you can overlook it. But when it becomes a repeated pattern, when many people are, are saying the same thing, that, that he just doesn't listen. I mean, even when I talk to him, it's like he doesn't hear, he doesn't listen. And if many people are saying the same thing, then that is a problem. You can always dis dismiss one person who complains about you, 
But when scores of folks are saying similar things, you have to deal with it, which could mean that the only thing you can do is, is to leave the church. I'm not saying you have to leave. I'll, I'll get more into that later. But here, the point is about the unlistening pastor. See, sometimes a pastor's sin can subtly sit behind a welcoming and pleasant personality, meaning they can present well and, and come across as respectable people who love the Lord, and maybe that is true. Maybe that's not even arguable. And perhaps they do have that love, but if a repeated problem happens over and over again, maybe, maybe some of those subtle sins that are sitting behind this presentation, this legitimate presentation of a person who legitimately loves the Lord, but maybe there are some subtle sins that are behind, like stubbornness or, or arrogance, which is, is self-righteousness. Now, I'm not saying that your pastor is this way. I'm not saying any pastor is this way. I'm just responding to this idea of the unlistening pastor, as you have described in what you wrote to me. And so if he is truly unlistening, and it is a, a repeated theme that other people have had a similar experience, no matter how welcoming and how hospitable and how loving he legitimately is, maybe there is something that is subtly sitting back there that somebody needs to deal with. And so point number one, always start problem solving with the goodness of God. Number two, kind begets kind. So we're not surprised that there are problems in this new church. Number three, the unlistening pastor, if that is legitimately true and it's a repeated theme with several people in the church, then there's probably sin sitting back there in his life some where and then number four, love always has proportional pain, and as the title of the podcast and the title of your art, uh, your note to me suggests, my church is falling apart and it's devastating to me. Now you're using strong language, and so I have to ask, and I'm not judging here, but I do want to ask. I don't because I don't know you, don't know anything about you. Do you have a tendency to speak in hyperbole? I ask that because devastating is a very big word. But let's just say that that is an accurate descriptor. Again, I'm not judging you at all. That's not my point here. I just want to call attention. Sometimes people can speak in hyperbole when it's not exactly what they want to communicate. But what I do know, regardless of that, is that you are hurting. And the reason you hurt so much is that you love your local church. And so in that way, and only in that way, I, I, I am glad that you're hurting in a real specific way. You see, if you did not care for the church, it would not matter so much with how things go with that local body. And so when I say that I'm, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad that you care, but, but love always has proportional pain. And, so, and what I mean by that is, is depending on how great your love is, for whatever it is, in this case, it's the local church, then when it is disappointing, the pain is going to be proportional. But that's why I also want to get inside that word devastating. I mean, is that hyperbole or, or is that 
an accurate descriptor. And if it is, that's fine. I mean, that's where that's where you are. But please understand, this is really a good thing, comparatively speaking. You could not care. There are some people that don't care about the local church, and so I am commending you that I am glad that you care. And though you will be in despair for a moment, now you must right the ship because it would be wrong to stay down indefinitely. And so you want to measure, and I don't want to give you an artificial timeline out there saying you got to be better in, in seven days. No, that's not going to work. It's going to take a long time to work through this, but I do want you to know that there is an end game here, and that end game here is that you can't stay down indefinitely. God's grace has to be more significant than your pain, and if His ministry, if God's ministry to you does not change you in time, then you do have an issue that you must address. And so while I commend you, for being discouraged or even devastated because of what is happening. I commend you for having a love for the church. You you can't stay down indefinitely. So love has proportional pain. But if you continually to stay down, then you'll have to address the issue. My next point here is I would appeal to most people, and I don't know your situation specifically, but this may apply to you as well. But for most people, I appeal to them to stay longer than necessary. Typically, folks stay longer than they should at a church, which is almost always a good thing. It, it may be better to stay longer so you know that you have done all that you could to help change the culture of the church, to be a part of those as changing this culture that's in the church. And you also don't want any future doubt by thinking that you have left too soon. Obviously, there are two sides to this coin. You have some people who are impulsive, and and the first time something goes awry, according to their perspective, they're out of here. And if they live in an environment where there's a church on every corner, well, then it's an easy thing to do. There's no motivation uh, to stay, and there's easy temptation to leave. Well, impulsivity is not good. Staying way too long, that could be bad. But I do appeal to folks when when it's applicable to them in their unique situation is to stay longer than necessary. Obviously, there is no template for when to leave. Each situation is different, but it is usually better to stay longer than going too soon. So future reflections won't fill up with whether or not you were impulsive with your leaving decision. So stay longer than necessary if you can. Next point, it's okay to talk about it. Now, this is an issue that you brought up, and this is not the first time I've ever heard this. There will be those who will label any discussion about these things as gossip, which is unfortunate. If you're in a place where there is no permission to talk about what's wrong with the place, with the situation, then you may need to leave. If Christians, I want you to think about this. If Christians who have all the information they need to live godly lives, according to 2 Peter 1.3, if we cannot talk about what's wrong with us or with our situations, then you're probably in an authoritarian, manipulative environment. It is okay to talk about this with the appropriate people. 
total silence is wrong, as well as blabbing to everyone. It's similar to the staying leaving scenario that I was presenting earlier. You can leave too soon, which would be impulsive. I don't recommend it. You could stay way too long when you should have left a while ago. I don't recommend that as well. Well, this idea of total silence or blabbing, those are the two wrong ditches that you want to to stay out of. Wisdom is in the middle. The primary reason that you must discuss this is that the name of Christ is on the line, as I was sharing earlier in, in Psalm 23. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his namesake. It's his, it's his name that's on the line. Dictatorial leadership styles will pressure and manipulate silence by spiritualizing any discussion as gossip. And so you find wisdom in the middle It'd be like having a physical problem, and, and you're told not to, to tell anybody about what is wrong with you. If you are struggling spiritually, and someone is putting you in a corner and manipulating you into silence, well, that is a problem. Now, again, we don't go to the other extreme. There is gossip. There is slander. There is unhealthy speech. No question But again, I'll go back to what I said earlier. If Christians who have all the information they need to live godly lives cannot talk about what's wrong with them or their situations, then you'll probably be in an authoritarian, manipulative environment. This is episode 220. Someone wrote in, my church is falling apart and it's devastating to me. Point number one, always start problem solving here with the goodness of God. Point number two, kind begets kind. You have a church split. You started a, a new church. Well, guess what? Kind begets kind. There's a former manner of life that has come into this new church. Number three, the unlistening pastor can be problematic when it's a continual repeated theme that you hear from multiple people. Number four, love has proportional pain in that sense. Your your pain, the devastation that you talked about, only speaks to your love for the church. Number five, stay longer than necessary. There's wisdom somewhere there. Number six, it's okay to talk about it. Somewhere there's wisdom in the middle here. Uh, Not total silence, not blabbing. Number seven, authoritarian cultures clone. Now, what I mean by that, if you have a dictatorial pastor, what you will find is that he will groom those who are to become his peers, meaning he won't be amenable to those with alternate opinions. You're not allowed to have an alternate opinion. So he identifies and promotes those who believe similar to the way he does. Thus, there won't be any contrary opinions within his, his close circle. It's interesting, we just hired a consultant in the fall of 2019, and one of the things that I told the consultant is that he has an alternate opinion than I do about how to run our ministry, and I so appreciated him. It's not just a different opinion. You have people who have different opinions, but they don't have any backup. They, they can't support their opinions. They just have an opinion about why don't you do this and why don't you do that. No, it's about having an opinion and then having well-resourced and legitimate reasons for that opinion that you have, and and he does. And I, I 
truly respect people like that, who can bring their argumentation to the table and support it, that's who I want to listen to. But dictatorial pastors aren't like that. They're not amenable to alternate opinions. Authoritarian cultures clone people who are like them. The downside is that nobody will challenge him, and of course he won't respect anyone else, so what you have to say will be marginalized or ignored. This problem ties back to the unlistening problem, unlistening pastor problem that I mentioned earlier. It also ties back to it's okay to talk about it with the appropriate people, and maybe the appropriate people are not his inner circle because he clones his own culture. You may be wrong in what you believe, and you may be wrong in what you want, but there should be no dismissing or lack of responsiveness to your opinion. Number eight, when is it time to leave? One of the ways to know when it's time to stay or to leave is your ability to remain victorious and joyful during the situation. I talked about this earlier uh, when under the point of start problem uh, um Uh, love has proportional pain. I talked about that. And though you will dip periodically, we all dip periodically with our victory as our victory and our joy wanes, but you should not stay down forever. But if you do stay down and you don't believe that you can recover by being in that environment, number one, you need to get help. Another reason that you need to talk to somebody, you need to get help for what is happening. It could be that you may have to leave. Now, I want to share with you four things to consider as you think about the possibility of staying or leaving this specific local church. Number one, you can stay because your conscience does not condemn you by being part of this group. If your conscience is biblically informed and it doesn't condemn you, for staying at this local church, meaning your inner voice is just not riling up inside of you saying, ding, 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 you know, you're sinning, you're sinning, you're sinning, you need to leave this church, you need to leave this church, you can't be a part of this church. No, you can stay if your conscience doesn't condemn you for being a part of this church. Number two, let's say that your conscience is telling you that there is something wrong. Now, obviously, from what you wrote into me, your conscience is telling you that there is something wrong with this church, but you can overlook it because it's not a hill to die on when it comes to such a significant decision as leaving the church. And so you can stay if your conscience doesn't condemn you about what is happening in the church. You're okay with it. Number two, your conscience is telling you that there's something wrong, but you can overlook it it's not a hill to die on, then you could possibly stay in the local church. Number three, your conscience is telling you that what they are doing is wrong, and you're not willing to alter your conscience to say it's okay, because it's not okay. And and no matter what you do, you can't get around what they are doing biblically and saying it is okay. Your conscience is condemning you and you try to soothe your conscience, you try to make it right, you try to calm your conscience, but you just can't because what they are doing, in your view, is legitimately wrong, unbiblical, and you have sought counsel. Another reason that you have to talk to somebody, and it affirms, they affirm, 
that you are right, they are wrong, and you can't be part of that assembly. In that case, you have to leave. Point number one, your conscience doesn't condemn you. Maybe you should stay. Point number two, your conscience is condemning you, saying something is wrong, but you can overlook it because it's not a hill to die on. In that case, you stay. Point number three, your conscience is saying what they're doing, what they're doing is wrong, and you can't alter your conscience. It's not okay, and you have sought counsel that affirms that you are right, they are wrong, and maybe you need to leave. Number four, if you're sinning, each time you walk into the building, or each time you think about this situation, well, one, you, you need to repent if you're sinning. But if being in that environment makes it nearly impossible for you to repent, you probably need to leave, assuming you sought counsel, and you, you put the right effort into repenting of your sins. But being in that environment, it makes it almost impossible to repent of your sins. You need to get some help. You need to find some help to work through this, and it could be that you need to leave. This is episode 220. My church is falling apart, and it's devastating to me. I've given you eight things to think about. Here's number nine. I want to finish where I started, where I began. God is good, and he is working good even in this horrible situation. And you must rest in this truth because the horrible situation is the only context for him to prove his goodness to you. So I want you to share this podcast in these show notes with a trusted, competent Christian friend. I want you both to talk about it, and I want you to make sure that your friend is appropriately challenging you on what you believe and why you believe as they also encourage you. Thank you for asking. You can read the show notes, episode 220. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.